Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I would love to say it feels like we never left, but it has, uh, it's been quite some time since the boys have been back on the podcast game, ladies and gentlemen. It is Uncle Train and the Big Dog. We're talking Mets, we're talking Yankees, and we're talking a whole bunch of stuff going on in the MLB and the whole fucking world right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we got, uh, a segment... Really, it's the overarching theme of today's episode. It's how the entire state of affairs right now with baseball, with the world, is a big old-fashioned dookie pop pie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's as if God just took a big old duke in a nice aluminum tin pan that you would buy in the bakery baking needs aisle of a Stop and Shop of an AMP, of a ShopRite, BJ's, Costco, wherever you're looking, you buy the aluminum pan where you put the pie crust in, and you just drop a big old-fashioned duke, you bake it at 375, ladies and gentlemen, that's what God is doing to us right now, you absolutely hate to see it, but folks, it's the unfortunate reality of the world that we are currently living in, ladies and gentlemen, it is the coronavirus, you gotta, we're definitely not gonna tip the cap, I'll tell you that much, I'm putting as many caps back on my head as possible, in retaliation to Corona right now. Um, sports are gone. More importantly, baseball is gone. Uh, the whole world is being flipped upside down. And we are trying to give the fans what they truly want, which, ladies and gentlemen, I think we all know what you want. Miguel, tell them what they want. The fans have been absolutely clamoring for it. They wanted Uncle Train and the big dog. They wanted the train to leave the station. They wanted the big dog to come out of his cage. Because the world's in a state of a dookie pop pie, it's been tough for us to come together and record again, but here we are, we're making it work, and uh, we are happy to be back We're absolutely happy fans. to be back for the fans, of course. We do it for the fans, we don't do it for the fame, we don't do it for the glory, even though there is plenty of that that comes along with being the co-hosts of Uncle Train the Big Dog Subway Series. Come on, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, we will follow all that up with... Uh, we're going to fucking wing it. I'll be completely honest. We have absolutely no plan here. We have no there's clue what we're going to talk just, about. There's just nothing to talk about. There's, there's just really nothing to talk about. So we're going to figure it out. and give you a little banter. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it sounds like something that Trump would say. It's going to be a fantastic episode. It's going to be the most beautiful episode. You're going to love it. But we absolutely... This is 100% an anti-Trump podcast. The dude is an absolute sack of shit, duke, schmuck, putz. And we would love for him to get voted the hell out. So this is the first PSA of the episode. Fucking vote. Get the hell out to the voting booths. Uh, even if you got to wait online for six hours because of the extreme gerrymandering going on by the GOP. Yes, damn right. This is a Democrat, liberal, heavy podcast. If you're a Republican and you love Trump, you can continue to listen. But I'm going to tell you specifically that you can absolutely 110% suck it. Because you're supporting a big old sack of shit in the White House. Ladies and gents, we're going to hit you with a little Tommy Rose Sweet Pea. Come on, boy. How we doing now, ladies and gentlemen? Girl, there. 
ladies and gentlemen, great to be back here. We are jumping right into it, as of course, uh, as is planned. We're talking about the current situation right now in the MLB. So, Miguel, big dog, I know you got a lot to say about this. Um, I'll start by giving off my two cents because, I'll be honest, I really have no idea what the fuck is going on. There's been so much going on in the world uh, between the revolution that we are currently going through, which is a beautiful thing. Everybody's got to keep pushing. Um, but overall, you see other sports are starting to you know, make deals between the owners and the players' associations um, in the respective sports to just do whatever they can, really, to give the fans what they want, which is some sort of sport to watch in the year 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no doubting and I cannot understate, under, understate this. Is that a, that's a word, right? I can't understate this enough. 2020 is an absolute fucking shit show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we're calling it the Dookie Pot Pie of the century. And this is something that really comes around once in a blue moon, you know? Um, but again, we're fighting through it. And unfortunately, it seems like baseball, America's pastime, as they call it, seems to be the only sport that can't seem to strike a deal between the players and the owners. Why is that happening? I don't know. A couple different reasons. Maybe the baseball owners of the teams are just big old sacks of shit. That's possible. You know, maybe for some reason it's something deeply embedded in their, uh, in their DNA that if you are the owner of a baseball team, you are a sack of shit. Is that the case? I don't know, folks. Um, but we'll let, you know, Miguel go into a couple details from my standpoint, what I'm seeing is that, yes, the owners are absolute sacks of Duke and shit combined in a bullet blender. You're bullet blending some shit and Duke, which is essentially the same thing, so it's just a big old-fashioned Duke surprise there, and for some reason, the owners are not willing to give up a couple million dollars, even though they have billions and billions of dollars of net worth. Now, I have heard the argument, well, you can't just take net worth at face value if an owner is worth $5 billion, they don't have just $5 billion in cash sitting around. If you have a net worth of $5 billion, ladies and gentlemen, you have enough liquid assets where you could probably give up a couple $10 million. That is not something that I think is up for debate. So when you got players, yeah, that are making a shit ton of money, there's also a bunch of other factors that are coming into play where you can't just look at the players like Scherzer, you know, or... Uh, the other big names in sports that are making a hefty sum. And you can't use that as the baseline. So you can't say, hey, if you're making 25 mil a year, why can't you be the one to give up a little bit of money? Because again, the owners are the ones with this absolutely insane amount of money. Again, they, are, they have over $1 billion. It might be difficult to conceptualize $8 billion, right? But when you think about it, think about a hundred million. That's a lot of money. Now think about that ten times over. Now think about it a hundred times over. So that's the kind of money that you're looking at these owners. They have this absolutely absurd ceiling and these very deep pockets. And again, I don't think it's fair to pin it on the players. Now you might also make the argument, well, the owners, they're not quite sacks of Duke, Uncle Train. They're not that big sacks of Duke. They also are owning a team where they're losing a shit ton of revenue throughout the season by no uh, concession sales or ticket sales. Let me fucking tell you, 
the Miami Marlins went through what? Like a decade and a half of having a total of like 4,000 fans at their games with probably virtual concession stand sales. Are you shitting me? And after 15 years, they were just good. They're fine. They gave out the biggest fucking contract to Giancarlo. Yankee great, even though he absolutely stanks the farts for them, just strikes out a million times a season. But still, you're looking at a situation where the Miami Marlins went through over a decade of absolute Duke sales. They were they never sold out the stands, and yet they have enough money to dish out a record-breaking contract for a huge player like that. So you can't make the argument that the owners you know, are getting treated unfairly in this situation. So my standpoint is... Fuck the owners. They could take a big old-fashioned duke in the toilet bowl and not even wipe, and I would be okay with it. They're walking throughout the day with a little bit of dingleberries in their butt, and you know, they're scratching. They're sitting in class. You know, you have the itch, and you kind of have to like spread your cheek on the side of the chair and like scratch it a little bit, but you don't want to be too, uh, too obvious with it. You want, you want to be very, very subtle. You just kind of like, do like a, maybe you put your, like, your elbow down on the, on the desk, and you kind of do like a lean. You put your head into your hand, and you kind of just lean over to the side, and you just spread the cheeks a little bit. That's what happens, folks. And that's exactly what I would love for the owners to do because they got an itchy butthole to take a big old-fashioned duke in the toilet bowl and don't have to wipe. So, Miguel, big dog fans, you know my standpoint on the situation. Michael, I am sure that you have many, many more facts to back up either what I'm saying or just facts to uh, spread any other points because, again, I have literally no idea what the fuck is going on. So, Miguel, please enlighten me. Please enlighten me. So appreciate the, the take there. Unbelievable. Come on. Strong take. Strong take. Fair take. I want to take a little bit of a step back here and just take a look at, at what's happened here. Um, so since March, baseball and all other sports have been shut down. You hate to see it. Baseball has been going back and forth with negotiations, trying to figure out a way to get the players back on the field. The biggest holdup, and I will will be candid with the audience, I have not been following this as closely as you might think, although I have started picking it back up recently as we've hit this crazy boiling point of offers coming in every couple of days, back and forth we go. It's like a fucking merry-go-round, folks. It's absolutely terrible. Basically, all you need to know, in my opinion, is this. The big holdup between the owners and the MLBPA has been over the concept of prorated pay. Essentially, players want to play as many games as possible. You know, probably something like, I've seen 89 thrown out there, I've seen 114 thrown out there. That's a lot. And, and they want to get paid for every single game in full. Seems fair enough. The owners, of course, not going to be making money on tickets, not going to be making money on concessions, basically not going to be making nearly as, mo as much money as they would make in a typical season, don't want to do that. Um, their business, baseball is a business, and their businesses are getting hit hard by COVID-19, uh, as, as are so many. And they feel that based on that and based on the changing circumstances, that they shouldn't have to pay the players as much um, Fuck for, the, for, for that large amount of games. Now, Fuck them. Here's the thing. At this point, we've we've just had like a stalemate between the two groups for a while. Um, there have been a lot of uh, 
poor negotiation tactics, particularly on the side of the owners, uh, who keep seemingly offering the same exact thing over and over again, um, just with an adjusted game total. So they're willing to, you know, at, at one point they're willing to give the full full prorated salary for around 50 games. Then, you know, at, at 89 games, they're willing to give like 80 or something percent. And it all just nets out to be the same amount of money. And in the players' opinions, that's not really positive negotiating negotiating tactics. Now, the other thing is that there is an agreement in place coming from all the way back in March that basically if, if the two sides cannot reach an agreement, Rob Manfred, commissioner of baseball, who is just an absolute sack of Duke, I haven't even gotten to him yet, he can actually implement a season and just kind of override both sides here implement a season of around 50 games. That's the number being uh, tossed around 50, 52, whatever the hell it might be. And, and just kind of say, fuck it, let's do this. It's going to be full prorated pay. That's what was agreed, agreed upon. Um, and it's going to be at a, at a level that, you know, both, both, well, the owners will feel comfortable with because the players are not going to feel comfortable with 50, but he can do that. Now, lastly, thing about that, the now because of that, because we're just getting to a point where they need to figure this thing the fuck out, the the owners and the players have been throwing around ideas that seemingly in the past few days have been a little closer together. Um, there was an offer coming from the owners after Rob Manfred and Tony Clark met that would be 60 games, full prorated pay. Um, we all got really excited about that one. I really I declared to many a folk that baseball was back. I was 150% wrong. Um, The players have since come back with a 70-game proposal. There are a few other things in play here. There are grievances being threatened on both sides about negotiating in bad faith. There is a split of expanded playoff revenue since both sides are agreeing that we will move to like a 16-team postseason for the next two years, which will lead to incremental money coming from the postseason. So how does that get split out between the two sides? But all these little nuances aside, the main thing has been prorated pay, and we are seemingly close on that, um, even if it still feels like we are miles away from a deal. Having said all that, just wanted to present some facts here. Present some facts, Miguel. Bestow the facts upon us. Come on. Before I give my take. My overwhelming feeling on this the whole time has been the owners are absolute sacks of shit. They are literally overcooked burnt dookie cakes. They were cooked in the oven at 500 degrees. They were left in there for two hours. I hate to see it. It's way too hot. There's no reason that you would ever leave a dookie kick in there at 500 for that long. And the reason that I feel this way, I just want to present some uh, feelings on this. Yep. So I I can acknowledge that I understand as a business owner, Mm -hmm. if your business has a bad year and you're not doing as well, you might want to not pay the employees as much. I can understand it. I get it. Sure. Here's the here is the problem. At the end of the day, the players make the game go. 
you need to keep the relationships strong and powerful with them because they are the product and they are what you need to continue to grow and expand this absolutely beautiful game. And if you don't take that into account, you are weakening and destroying a relationship that is way more important than just one or two years bottom line. And in my opinion, the players are not the people here that that need to be bearing the burden of what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a humongous mistake by the owners to be doing this to the players. I think that it is time to strike a deal. And I think that the damages that will and can be caused by this are going to last way past this year. And it's a big problem. Um, so I, I, I've been with the, the players this whole time. Recently, it is getting a little weirder um, because they ran the whole tell us when and where campaign. And then they told them when and where. They gave them 60 games, full prorated. That's better than what what would happen if Manfred stepped in. Players came back with a different offer. I I don't know what to think about that part of it, but it's just a giant clusterfuck, and it just absolutely makes me want to blow my brains out. I'm not going to lie. Understandably so, Miguel. And I think the other thing that is even more infuriating is seeing how poorly Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, is handling all this shit. I mean, when you saw the absolute shitstorm where he completely botched the PR as well as just the overall handling of the Astros cheating scandal. And to have him, you know, then a couple months, of course, this is just yet another shitstorm. In, that's that, that's embedded in the MLB, where just this week you have Manfred on, what was it, Monday, Tuesday, and he says to everyone, we are 100% having baseball this year. You ha- do not have to worry. It's going to happen. And then literally within 24 hours, the dude does a 180 and says, there's a slim chance it's going to happen. I'm not confident that we're going to have a, a baseball season in 2020. And it's just like, come on, dude. You gotta be shitting me. You're the commissioner of the league, the face of baseball, and god damn it, you are really just fucking yourself. He's digging his own grave right now. And you really do hate to see it. Um, when it comes down to it, you know, what's, what's, his, what's his real role, right? He's kind of a figurehead and a representative of the owners, in a way. You know, that, that's kind of the role of the commissioner of baseball, is to make sure that the owners are in agreement. So... You know, to an extent, yeah, you could say you can't blame him because he's he's kind of caught in a shit situation because the owners are dicks. But still, it's like, come on, man, you can't be coming out with with statements one day and doing a complete one eighty the other. It's it's just a bad look overall for you. It's a bad look for baseball. His his performance the last year or so has just been absolutely abysmal. Um, between the whole Astro situation and now this, it's just been horrible um he does work on behalf of the owners we do understand that but at the same time his job is to grow and expand the sport um and you can't do that when your biggest asset is pissed off uh with the the owners and with you at all times um whole thing might be a moot point because at this point now we're starting to see uh major league camps uh specifically toronto and philadelphia get shut down 
um, as players now are testing positive for coronavirus. So that is a terrible sign for, um, you know, anything to come. And the fact that we don't even have an agreement yet, and, and now that's starting, um, it just might not be in the cards this year, folks. And, you know, obviously, with everything going on, this is not at the forefront of uh, conversation. But one thing that would be crazy, just baseball-related, is that if we don't have a season, the aftermath of what could happen, just in terms of baseball, forget the negotiating part of it. There are just so many little ripple effects that might happen that would just be crazy based on what we were talking about a few months ago. The Astros' punishments, other than the fine, would basically be null and void because Hinch right. could come back next year and Loonhouse could come back next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And Alex Cora can come back next year. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you that Alex Cora will have his job back in Boston schmuck. next year. Absolutely schmuck. Unbelievable. Um, Mookie Betts headlines a list of players who will go into the free agent market. And that means that the Dodgers, who made a trade to really bolster their chances and put themselves in a great position to win the World Series this year, will not reap the benefits at all of that, will have given up a top 100 prospect along in, in Bruzdar Gratterall, along with Alex Verdugo, uh, a young promising player, and not get anything for it, which is crazy, especially if they don't re-sign him. Um, you have a series of free agents coming this year, and if we don't have a uh, – forget, forget just this year. If we don't have baseball this year, those players, guys like Mookie Betts, guys like James Paxton, you think they're going to get paid nearly as much money? Because I certainly don't. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know if they're going to need to take pillow contracts for one year and, and hope the market resets itself a little bit. We are certainly in for an absolute shit show if baseball doesn't get played this year, um, no matter how it happens. And it's just going to be crazy to see all the ripple effects that come out of this. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. I think overall, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, and overall, you know, there's a lot of sour you know, stories going around, going around um, just about ownership in general. Another thing I was hearing was about a bunch of teams that were trying to lobby to have newly drafted players sign uh, next year contracts starting in 2021 instead of this year. Um, which basically gives them yet another year of control, turning an already obscenely long seven-year contract into you know an eight-year contract. So just kind of putting that in perspective, you know, if you're a player who gets you know out of college, you're 22 years old, you get drafted, that means that you now have a contract until you're 30 years old. You know, and I understand the argument that some players move through the system, you know, longer uh, takes a little bit longer than others, or. You know, there's no guarantees, but still, the fact that, you know, you're kind of signing a borderline decade-long contract for newly drafted players, that, that to me, that's just a ridiculous concept. And again, that's that's just another kind of small, small little ripple, you know, that you're hearing throughout the league. And it's these sorts of things that turn a lot of people away from the MLB overall as a sport, in addition to the concept that people just think it's slow and people don't have any patience because they're... You know, the attention span of human beings nowadays, uh, given the rise of technology and everything, is way too short. And you really do hate to see that, folks. I mean, people can't sit through a two-and-a-half-hour game, three-hour game, nine innings. Come on. But 
nonetheless, <coughs> excuse me, I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I believe it's now time to take and or hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, Tony. I like the things you do. Hey, Tony. If I could, I would be you. You're the one and only tiger with the one and only taste. You know how to take a breakfast and make it great. Frosted Flakes, they're more than good. They're great. They're great. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Frosted Flakes. Yeah, absolutely. Have to love it. His name is Tony the Tiger. And... Tony the Tigre. He's Tony the Tigre. Uh, his, his friends in high school, they used to call him El Tigre uh, because of his prowess on the football field. Um, and he really is the one and only tiger. And I wouldn't say that it's the one and only taste because there are plenty of great breakfast cereals out there. But ladies and gentlemen, if you're trying to earn your stripes, if you're trying to get the in with El Tigre, the, football, the high school football varsity star, he was a five linebacker, yep, five middle star. linebacker, yep. five-star recruit, University of Alabama, LT Gray. I mean, he was an unbelievable player on and off the field. Uh, raised a lot of money for charity. Really good. Uh, really good in the community, helping to uh, to build up the schools and take care of the local parks. Um, it, these are all the reasons that uh, they always said about him. He, he's not just good. He's great. He's great, ladies and gentlemen. And honestly, if you're looking at Tony El Tigre, uh, I mean, you are looking at quite the unbelievable middle linebacker, high school football star. Tony El Tigre the Tiger. He's the one and only Tiger with the one and only taste. You know how to take a dookie and make it great. Take a duke in the toilet bowl. Take a duke. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, after a nice word from Tony El Tigre, the great high school middle linebacker, um, recruited by a couple different schools, Old Miss, LSU, he decided to turn it down to focus on his acting career in sugary cereals. Come on. Our next segment, we're fucking, like I said, we're fucking winging it, folks. We have absolutely no clue what we're talking about. Uh, we threw a couple, a couple ideas around. One thing is... Who is the number one player on the best New York baseball team, uh, of course the, the New York Mets, that you would choose to quarantine with during a time like this? And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have to give a big old-fashioned shout-out to my main man. He would bat 350 in a regular season. If we were to have a regular season this year, his name is Jeffy Mack. When are you coming back, ladies and gentlemen? Let me tell you all something about Jeffy Mack. So the dude is a big video game guy, and ladies and gentlemen, that is huge. You can sit back, relax, kick back the Lazy Boy chair, pop on some COD Warzone, or a little bit of MLB The Show, and you know your boy Jeffy Mack is going to be sitting there right next to you. And goddamn, you're going to be playing video games till the, till the dogs till the dogs don't howl no more. And on top of that, my man Jeffy Mack has the most adorable pets in the whole freaking world. I'm going to give you 
a quick instruction to open up Instagram and you want to follow Miss Willow McNeil. Ladies and gents, Willow McNeil is the adopted rescue pup of Jeffy Mack and his wife, Tatiana. Gotta love them. Great people. They live, I, I think they're, uh, they might actually be in Long Island City. So they are, they're local, the local folks. And they just, about six, five or six months ago, adopted a beautiful little cat named Mr. Mac. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to give it up for Mac, the cat. So you got Willow and Mac, a dog and a cat, and they are the best of friends. They're inseparable. I'm telling you, Miss Willow McNeil on Instagram, the most adorable posts of these two animals, the feline and the canine, meshing together as one. They're napping together. They're playing together. It's a beautiful thing. If you can hang out with a dog and a cat who they themselves are hanging out in Best Buds, it really just becomes a whole mesh of Best Buds all together. Me, Willow, Mac, and Jeff McNeil and his wife Tatiana all hanging out, the whole squad. We're playing Cod Wars on together. We're hanging out with the animals. Ladies and gentlemen, that would be a beautiful thing. And Jeffy Mac, if you're listening, just want to give a big shout out. Favorite Mets player right now. Uh, again, say if the season was going on, you'd be batting 350. Have 25 dongs already. And ladies and gentlemen, it's only the end of June. So folks, you got to love that. Uh, Miguel, quarantine buddy on the Yanks, the, uh, the evil empire of New York. You hate to see it. Um, who would you want to be hanging with? Who would you be hanging 10 with? Tell me. You know, I do not have a, uh, a great backstory, uh, but I would take Aaron Judge. Uh, uh, earlier earlier in the quarantine, I took a long shot to win a uh, all-in challenge sweepstakes with uh, Aaron. Of course, we're on a first-name basis now. Um, where I would get to uh, go to the ballpark, get on the field, uh, go, go to dinner with the man. And it's, it's my genuine belief oh, that... Jesus. <laughs> it's my genuine belief that uh, if we hung out even for just one, one night, we'd become best friends. It, there's just no doubt about it. Uh, we're two, we're two uh, you know... Two peas in a pod. Two peas in a pod. Two peas in a podcast. I'm 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 confident that after that night, uh, we would text each other after uh, each of his games. Go go, go over how uh, how the swings looking, yeah. how the uh, how the umps how the umps cheated him out of uh, you know strike yeah. calls ask and you, ask, didn't, each, ask each other what you're wearing, you know all that stuff. <laughs> there's just there's just no doubt about it in my mind. Uh, you know, we we would definitely get along. I I would get to ask him what he feels about his. Uh, his girlfriend being a complete idiot. Uh, She's sorry, an idiot. Aaron. She's an idiot. To see it. Really? She, uh, you, you didn't see this? She, uh, she got caught on, by TMZ. She, she was like drunk driving and she got pulled over by, by the cops. And the cops were, uh, you know, like just asking her to get out of the car, do the standard whole thing. And, yeah. You know, she's obviously getting in trouble. I mean, she's she's driving drunk. That's probably not great. You can't do that. And and she uh, she said something along the lines of, "Do you know who my boyfriend is?" Oh Jesus! And and starts telling him how bad it would be for uh, her boyfriend in the in the uh, in the media. He's very prevalent in the New York media. To me, that means Aaron's just got to cut ties. You hate to see it, Aaron, but you know that, that's the type of advice I would give him if uh, 
me and him became friends, which which you know would happen, and you know he would take my advice. It's it's not a problem. He could probably do better, but you know, just saying it how it is. Ugh, you really hate to see it. What a she sounds like a terrible human being. What a schmuck it's, putz. It's not great. It's really not great, and uh, you know I think it's time for him to cut ties. He could probably do better. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to be dealing with that type of thing. Nope. I, I, I'd be curious about the conversation that went down between them after that video leaked because it could not have been a great one. No, no. The fact that, I mean, the fact that she feels entitled enough to say, do you know who my boyfriend is? This would be a bad look for him. I mean, that, like, that alone. I, and, the, and the other thing is, like, nobody knows, like, who you, who you are. Like, it's not like you're some, like, famous, like, I, I have to be honest, I didn't, no. I, I didn't. I wouldn't know who she was if I saw her on the street. You know, it's not like he's dating like a Madonna or like a Minka Kelly, like Jeter used to. Jeter and A Rod used to do. Oh. He's dating someone that, that nobody knows. Aaron Judge, what are you doing, man? Bit, once once Aaron wins a couple of championships, I'll start dating. You know. Then someone, he gets his way. Uh, Reese Reese Witherspoon or Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Come on. Probably. I mean, these are the types of things that that Mr. Judge can do. Yeah. The potential. The potential. I have I have one other thing that's completely random, but I just thought of it. Of course. Uh, before we before we sign off. Yep. So, over the years, and uh, we haven't gotten a, a real episode of it in some time because uh, the season ended and they had to do some uh, at home additions. But over the time, over the you know last 10, 20 years, we've seen like very few athletes host Saturday Night Live. Uh, the most recent one was JJ Watt and. No disrespect to JJ, but didn't feel worthy, in no, my opinion. No, not great. You know, di- didn't feel like a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or a Derek Jeter. Or a, did uh, Jeets, Jeets, did he host? Yeah, yeah Jeets did it. Um, or like an Eli Manning. Like, it It just, JJ Watt doesn't feel like he, he's reached that level. He's not that level super, where superstar he, caliber. Right. So so my question is, if uh, who, who do you think, like, baseball-wise, is next in line to do it. Um, so I, I would say someone... So I think they had an opportunity. Someone like David Ortiz is a personality that would also play well. He's a big enough baseball personality as well as just a big big enough personality in general where I think that yeah. would make for some quality stuff. Yeah. But what about active? Like, I, I don't think as it stands right now, I don't think any of them really... I think if no, if it, I would say if if Trout wasn't on the Angels, if he was probably on literally any other team, you know, over the last ten years, um, that like at least just made it to the postseason, uh, he might you know have have an opportunity because I think that would just put his face a little bit a little bit bigger across the board. Yeah, it would help again, him because look at like Jeets, you know, it's not like he's a crazy personality. He's dating Jessica Alba, but again, he was. He was on the Yankees. He was on the best team throughout, you know, late 90s, 2000s. Right. So. That, that, so, like, that's why I think that if they won a World Series, they would let Judge do it. Like, if he became the captain and if if they won a World Series, I think he he has a pathway to it. Um, you know, which, like, if you, if you want to go, like, I, I also think it helps that he's in New York. As you said, like, Trout's mm. in L.A., Right. Trout's also, he doesn't exactly have the personality for it. He doesn't really, he kind of shies True. away from, from the spotlight. True. Um, but it's interesting because I, I take a look at the landscape of it right now, and I, I think there's like a pathway for guys to get there, but I don't think there's anyone in the MLB right now that would really make sense. I also think the other thing is that the MLB is not popular enough. 
among right. the general public. You know, you, that's you, very true. You, as you, well. kind, you kind of do need like Antonio Brown. You know, could have been a character at his peak before he went full. You know, wacko because it'd right. be probably the presumed insane CTEs. Um, but you know, that could have been a character. Tom Brady kind of character who could right. SNL. You know, it's got to be right. almost like a like like a global name. But but even football wise, like not to get too off subject, like JJ Watt is not no. like to me. He was just not the next in line, probably even in the NFL. Agreed, agreed. Aaron Rodgers. Weird, weird, weird choice. Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Rodgers yeah. is a great pick. Um, e- e- even honestly, someone like even from fucking golf, you know, you take like even like like yeah. like, like Ricky Fowler, you know, that could be a kind of character who you or, feel like or you like Jordan Spieth or yeah. Spieth. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Once uh once COVID starts to wind down, we get a uh, we get a vaccine out there. Everybody's chilling. Take the masks off. Then we'll uh then we'll cross that bridge. Absolutely. But until then, we were happy to be back with the uh with the public. Yeah. Hope the fans enjoyed uh just a little time with Uncle Train, the big dog. Where you know we're happy to uh, spend a uh, Friday night, a Saturday night, a Sunday afternoon, whatever it is you might be doing. Happy to spend some time with you and. Uh, get a shortened podcast back into the universe. It's always a pleasure. Big Dog Miguel, ladies and gentlemen, if you have made it this far, thank you for listening. Apologize, only one advertisement because of the shortened episode this week. Uh, But, you know, the boys are busy. We're busy out there in the streets making our voices heard. Uh, Big shout out to the Black Lives Matter movement. Folks, if you don't support it, you're just straight up kind of a dick. So you uh, got to help lift up their voices. And let's keep this movement going, baby. It's a revolution. We're getting Trump out of the fucking White House. Come on. Even though Biden is absolutely not a saint, um, we still need uh, we need a little bit of a blue turnout. Come on. He, he does have a great uh, campaign slogan that I... Uh, what is it? Fuck Trump? I wrote for, no, I, I wrote this for him. It's called Biden Dirty. Uh, it's by Chameleonaire. Uh, Can I catch me, Biden Dirty? Take a big old fashioned dookie. Gotta take a fashion dookie. Take a big old fashioned dookie. Take a big old fashioned dookie. Ladies and gentlemen, Rivadarchi, Rivaducci, we love you. Adios.